Well, what is going down, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new edition. It's been a minute, but we are back for a brand new Am I Still on the Air? That's right, the spinoff show where we break down a very specific topic and get into the nitty gritty of it all. Am I Still on the Air? That's where you know we like to reach out and have some guests and really dive deep in. You know, we're the main show. We talk about a lot of different news all over the world in television and movies. But on the Am I Still on the Air, we like to take one particular thing and uh, give our devotion to it. So tonight, it's bringing back the spoiler review and man i love doing these spoiler reviews where we can actually talk about a film what we loved what we hated and everything in between especially on summertime man summertime's when we usually do a lot of these things and we really do those deep dives and it's really awesome because you know last summer the movie theaters were shut down there wasn't much we could do so there hasn't been very many episodes of am i still on the air but now Theaters are starting to ramp back up, restrictions are being lifted, and people are getting back out to the theater and seeing movies again. And this movie right here has been the biggest shining light through the pandemic box office over the last couple of weeks. And it's time to talk about the family. We're going to be breaking down F9, the fast saga, fast and furious. You know what it is. We're doing the spoiler review of F9. And with me today, you've heard him before here on Am I Still on the Air? It's my boy Friggins. So welcome to the show again. What up, man? What up, Don? And what up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in here today. Uh, as you may notice, I do sound a little funny. I was trying to get my like Dom impersonation with my sinuses, I guess. But, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. But uh, you, you, you blew the family whistle and I grabbed the engine and I'm here ready to record whether I sound funny or not. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile so, <laughs> recording's recording recording is recording and uh we making it happen regardless because it's all about family that's right um so you know and and the funniest thing about family right now is the damn memes that are oh taking over gosh. the world because if you're on any kind of social media right now i'm sure you guys are getting some good laughs out of all of the family memes that are going on man over the last week all of a sudden, there's been a million <laughs> Fast and Furious <laughs> memes with Vin Diesel popping into different movies talking about family. And it's just been hilarious. I don't know who started this, but every so often, some weird like social media trend happens. And these Vin Diesel memes have been glorious. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's like one of those jokes that like they keep telling it. And at one point you're like, this should stop. But then it keeps going and then it just becomes funnier. And it's just, I don't know. Yes. It's been great. It's been a good week. Dude, it's been so funny, man. We've been putting up a bunch of the memes on our Am I on the Air Instagram. If you check out our stories, you can see a bunch of them. And, uh, you know, my wife even got in on it and she's been sending me a bunch. And <laughs> I've been, awesome. and, you know, and we, you know, me and Friggins and Geeky Pad and Peeps, we have like a group chat and we've been just sending each other a bunch of them there too. And uh, <laughs> it, it's just hilarious, man. I think my, my, one of my favorites right now is the, uh, the Drake version of Vin Diesel where he's like, <laughs> you yes. know, the, the dollar, the dollar tree. And he's like, no. And then it's all family dollar. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that one is totally my favorite as well. Like I was, 
all about the Star Wars one where all the cars come flying in yeah. until until the Family Dollar one. And I'm like, yes, that's it. Dude, the, the funniest part of the meme sometime is the fact of of them putting the car in it, right? Yes, like, yes. Like the car just like shooting into space or the car kind of like, you know, like in, like you said, in the Star Wars memes, the car is next to Anakin, you know, flying a spaceship or, yeah, yeah. you know, the on your left from Endgame with the car driving through the portal. <laughs> it's not fast in anything without a car in it man oh, so. man, it's all about <laughs> my charger man and you know and w- you know once again spoilers as we break down f9 uh you know speaking of the car man one of the big jokes we were laughing about coming out of the movie was the fact that dom had a charger waiting for him no matter what country they went to <laughs> in the movie he always had a souped up black charger ready to go no matter if they were in cairo or they were in new york <laughs> or in space we were ready to go with a Heck yeah <laughs> gotta be prepared and also your white clean white t-shirt as well clean white tee man and no seatbelts, baby because <laughs> right fast and furious we not safe and furious we gonna get it done <laughs> um but yeah welcome again guys to the show we're so happy to be here um i'm happy to talk about this man like and you know friggins actually uh came with me to see this movie we saw it in imax so it's really cool that we get to talk about it after kind of seeing it together and we have different levels of uh our enjoyment for this movie (laughs) i think uh you know what's funny sometimes uh especially when we look at ratings um is like 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 friggins is way more straightforward on like i really enjoyed the movie but it was stupid so i'm only going to give it two stars that's right <laughs> whereas i'm like i really enjoyed it yeah it was stupid but i'm still going to give it four stars you know like so that's where like you know it's fun to do these spoiler reviews and kind of give those different perspectives and kind of where our heads are at because i know when we got out of the movie me you and geeky pat were kind of like we we were all we all had different levels of enjoyment for it but i think at the end we all said it was a fun ride we all enjoyed what we saw what nobody came out of the theater being like that sucked or anything like that yeah we had our laughing moments yeah it was some crazy over the top stuff that we'll talk about but um you know but overall the enjoyment was there you know to what extent we'll get into but you know once again i'm going to stress spoilers um, you know, please, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want to be spoiled, this is not the episode to listen to yet. Go watch the movie, come back and join us after the fact so we can get into spoilers. You can listen to the non-spoiler review on Am I on the Air on the regular podcast, so go check that out. Um, but yes, yeah, so speaking of spoilers, so again, F9, this is the ninth film in the franchise, 10 if you count Hobbs and Shaw. Um, and so it's been a 20 year journey fast and furious just hit its 20th anniversary literally the week that this movie dropped and um that's insane in its own way because i mean who would have thought in 2001 when we were watching fast and furious and it was this little movie that was basically a point break ripoff right yeah, with the exactly. undercover like cops almost, going, yeah. <laughs> yeah undercover cop going in brian o'connor you know getting in with the team and vin diesel's group is heisting dvd players <laughs> and you know and it's just this straightforward racing heist movie and then 
you know, what's crazy is through the years, you know, Vin Diesel didn't even come back for the sequel, man. Too Fast, Too Furious. Right. He drops out. He says, nah, I'm too big for this shit. I'm going to go do the pacifier. I'm going to do some other stuff. <laughs> and uh, but, you know, Paul Walker returns. Tyrese and Ludacris come into the fold in Too Fast, Too Furious. And then in the third movie, nobody comes back and we go to Tokyo Drift. We meet a bunch of new characters. That's where we're introduced to Han for the first time. And at the very end of the movie, Vin Diesel makes a cameo to kind of bring it all full circle. And then in the fourth film, the whole original crew comes back. And that's where I was so stoked as a fan, man. Fast and Furious 4, which was just called uh, Fast and Furious. They dropped the the on it for the fourth movie. Right. <laughs> so the first movie was the Fast and Furious. The fourth movie was just Fast and Furious, um, which basically took place after Too Fast, Too Furious. We kind of shifted Tokyo Drift to the side um, and we brought everybody back together. At the end of that movie, Vin Diesel gets arrested and then Fast Five comes and they break him out of jail and we just go on this crazy ride to Brazil and the rockets introduced and we bring Tyrese back in and Ludacris and we start to do this almost like Avengers thing, right? Bringing all these characters back from all the different movies, blending the timelines, Han is in it, and you're like, whoa, how's Han in this? Because didn't he die in Tokyo Drift? And- it was so confusing for a while. <laughs> <laughs> right? Then you, you, yeah, you're like, what the hell's going on? And then you find out, like, oh, Tokyo Drift is comes after the fact. These are prequels, and, you know, Gal Gadot, you know, getting her big break in these movies before Wonder Woman, and, uh, you know, and then uh, Fast Six, and, you know, we get introduced to um, Owen Shaw, played by Luke Wilson and then you know he gets taken out by the family and then we get Jason Statham coming in as his brother uh Deckard Shaw who of course they do the little after credit stinger and you see he's the one that killed Han uh at the end of Tokyo Drift and you're like oh my god that's really cool the way they kind of blended it together and kind of kind of almost like retcon that scene and showed that you know he was getting revenge for you know taking out his brother um and then furious seven happens you know with with uh, jason statham going against them an awesome movie um and then basically during the filming of that movie was when paul walker passed away so they ended up having to you know finalize that film without him and used his brothers to kind of fill in they do a great send-off at the end of the movie um he's still alive in this universe we just kind of, you know, he's retired from the game, right? He's off to the Watches side. The he's, kids. he's raising the kids. He's with his wife, Mia, and they're taking care of the business, you know? And then the fate of the Furious happens. Um, you know, we had the introduction of Charlize Theron as Cypher. And, you know, she's this hacker chick who's just all over it. Um, you find out Dom has a son that he had with Elena from Fast Five. Um, which is crazy. Um, and, and once again, the timeline's a little fuzzy there because like fast five was way before fast seven and it's still a baby in fast seven. And you're like, how is this a baby? And she's pregnant, but yes. that movie was like year, five years ago, at least. So like, yeah, <laughs> the, the timing's a little off on that one. Um, but you know, but, but they kill off Elena in that movie, which is crazy. And you got the rock and then Vin Diesel has to go against the family in this one because Cypher is gonna, she's dangling the baby in front of him. And uh, you know, so that all happens. And then we get the spinoff of Hobbs and Shaw taking the you know the rock and jason statham statham's character off to the side and then now we have fast nine f9 the fast saga the start of what they're saying is a new trilogy to wrap 
this series up because they're saying 10 and 11 will be the final movies in the franchise that 10 and 11 are going to be filmed back to back. Basically this is going to be their infinity war and their end game. Right. So they're going to, they're going to go out with these big movies, hopefully bring everyone back for these, because I'll tell you, I was really missing the rock in F9. Oh yeah. Me too. Needed some Hobbs, needed some Shaw. Um, You know, we did get Shaw in the little after credit scene at the end. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, But that was cool to see. But definitely looking to see everybody brought back together. Of course, we got Han back. We'll talk about that. Um, you know, and I have a feeling that in 10 and 11, they're going to try really hard to bring Gal Gadot back. I really, really do. I don't think anybody's going to stay dead in this universe. Oh, no way, man. If they don't right? bring her back, it's going to be a shame. I mean, they could even bring her back as maybe she's pissed off that they left her for dead. And uh, I don't know. But I don't know, I'm because sh- we do find out in the new movie that she worked for Mr. Nobody, played by Kurt Russell. True. Uh, she was this, you know, secret agent for him, which was new news to us. Um, you know, so it's like, oh, so maybe you know they they rescued her at the airport at the end of you know fast six and you know and maybe she's she has been alive all this time but she's been undercover just like kind of Han, how han was you know yeah exactly. so so yeah who knows man i mean but i would not be surprised if she comes back as well um and yeah man we we're introduced to dom's long lost brother jacob toretto played by john cena um so that was really cool and i know a lot of people out there are like You know, how is a movie about family not going to talk about a brother nine films in, right? And and I felt that way before I saw the movie. But, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, you know, Fred, but I feel like the explanation in the film and the way that they set it up made sense why we've never talked about him or why we've never seen him because of the the backstory that they told and even using flashbacks you know like so did you feel like that that it came across like it would it made sense why we haven't heard about jacob yet i mean this is a movie where you have to turn your brain off and just enjoy all the craziness that you're watching so if you're getting griped up over the fact that we hadn't heard about his brother before i mean that's a, a bigger issue, I think, when you're walking into this movie is is really just turn your brain off. And I do see the argument like it is kind of weird that the whole time of all these years that have passed, they've never mentioned him. But they did a pretty good job of trying to come up with an explanation yeah. for it, whether you buy it or not is a whole <laughs> nother story. True. But at least they put the effort in and try to say, look, we're going to explain why it wasn't uh, addressed the whole time. And I thought that was a decent effort on their part. Yeah, no, I agree. I I thought they did a really good job with the backstory. The movie starts with a flashback scene kind of showing, you know, a a young teenager, Dominic Toretto and his brother, Jacob, and his dad is a race car driver, um, you know, and basically his dad ends up dying in a car crash during one of the races. And, um, you know, and then there's this whole fallout and um, they actually did tie back really well with that story of where, you know, Jacob found the driver that basically caused his dad to crash and was going to hit him with the, um, with the tool. And and then, yeah. And then Vin Diesel comes in, uh, his character comes in and, you know, takes it from Jacob and basically is like, let's walk away. Let's not get into this fight. But the guy of course is a dick and starts talking shit. And Vin Diesel hits him with the, um, you know, or his Vin Diesel's character, sorry, Dom, 
he hits him with the tool. And that's the story that they talk about actually in the first Fast and Furious film about why he went to jail and that he almost killed somebody with a they I think they said with a tire iron in the first movie, but I think they, that's what it was, yeah. Yeah, but they, but that is the story, and that was kind of cool to see that play out like in a scene when because I instantly was like, Hey, isn't that the story they told in the first <laughs> film? Um, about why he was in prison and all that stuff. So it was a cool flashback scene and and a little piece of trivia knowledge here i don't know if you knew fred but the the kid who played the young vin diesel in the flashback scenes that's actually vin diesel's son oh really i didn't know that yeah that's his son so he actually (laughs) did a really good job he looked like him and he sounded like him and i was like and i thought i saw him on uh on the tonight show uh with jimmy fallon and uh he said yeah that was his son uh in the movie so i was like oh shit yeah very very cool well, um, to be uh, the the opposite side of the fence in this in this conversation, I I actually dislike the flashback scenes the most <laughs> out of the entire movie. Like I, even over the ridiculousness of the action, like all these scenes were, I felt like for me, it's like a horror movie. Like if you go see a horror movie, and the 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 concept of the scary thing that's killing everyone is really, really scary. And then once they show it to you, it's eh, okay. That's creepy, but it's not as bad as what your mind comes up with. And that was kind of the scene for me is that I didn't want to see what happened. I didn't want all these weird explanations about, you know, the, he he was going to go to this race and then he told his son to mess with the, the thing and whatever. Like I, I just, the whole scene of young Dom going and beating the crap out of some stupid race car driver uh, that caused his father to die. Like that scene was so much more intense and so much different in my head through all these years that when I have it shown in front of me, it's, it's almost a disappointment, but again, I know they have to do it in order to explain John Cena's, uh, you know, disappearance for all all these years. But uh, um, you know, it's just one of those things. It's like, it's like Han Solo in the Kessel Run. Like I don't, I didn't need to have that explained for me. Like it's right. better in my head if I if I just kind of like imagine it. And that's kind of how I felt with these flashbacks. But for what it was, um, you know, I do agree that you know that it was cool that they had his son in there. Um, he he did a decent job. Um, I, I I just didn't personally care for those scenes myself. Interesting. Yeah, um, I actually really dug them. So that, that's funny that that you didn't like that because I, I don't feel like we've really done flashback scenes like that in any of the previous movies. So I kind of dug the backstory and a little bit more of everything kind of tying back, you know, like seeing his dad, seeing, you know, um, of course, you know, to give a little bit more backstory to it, you know, they play it that he finds out that, you know, Jacob Toretto, the John Cena character, that he cut something in the car to basically make it go on fire, to make him lose the race. Um, And Vin Diesel thought his whole life that his brother tried to kill his dad. And that was kind of why we haven't seen this character for all these movies, because they had a race. And he said, if I if I win the race, you keep on driving and don't ever look back, you know, but if you win, you know, um, if you win the race, then you come home, you you know, come back to the family. We try to work this out. And of course, you know, Vin Diesel's character wins the race and we see the young Jacob Toretto driving off, you know, ah, you know in pain. And, awesome. um, 
<laughs> because that's really what he did. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and then we kind of, you know, we have that flashback scene. So we're, we're told basically from the flashback that his son rigged the car to kill his dad. Um, I knew right away because in typical fast and furious fashion, oh, I, I, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, Fred, but I think no, we all going assume right. by yep. the end of the movie that, you know, Jacob Toretto would be a good guy, right? That he would become a part of the fold. It is a story about family, right? And you've got to redeem the family. So of course things are not what they seemed. He did not try to kill the dad. He did cut the thing, but the dad told him to cut it because he was trying to throw the race to win some money. They had put a bet down and his dad owed, owed a lot of people money. So he had asked Jacob to help him out and they didn't tell Dom about it. So, you know, there was a redeeming factor there to kind of, you know, show, of course he didn't kill the dad, right? Exactly. He's not a bad guy. Um, so, you know, so that, that was kind of cool there. So, um, before we get in any deeper, I know we kind of jumped the shark here on it, but <laughs> let, let's circle back and let's just give the quick overview. You know, nine films in, we went and saw it. We saw it in IMAX. When you left the theater, what was your initial thought before we dive in? Man, that's so hard because, like, there were so many things floating around in my head after watching this one. Like, there's this, like, oh, my God, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Oh, my God, that was such a stupid scene. <laughs> oh, my God, that was actually really cool. Um, you know, but, like, I-, I smiled throughout, whether I was laughing at it because of its ridiculousness or its stupidness or just that it was fun. Um, I have to give it credit. Like I had a smile on my face the whole time. I enjoyed the experience. Um, it's definitely by no means my favorite movie ever. And, um, you know, I, I think it is completely ridiculous, but <laughs> I mean, you can't go in thinking you're going to get an Oscar performance out of it. Um, you know, I was I was talking nine films in. Everybody knows what the fuck they're going to get out of exactly. this. <laughs> this should be no surprises. That's exactly where I was going to go. And, and that y- you shouldn't be coming out of there thinking you're going to get something different. I mean, they, they tell it to you in the trailer. They've told it to you in the previous eight or nine movies, if you include Hobbs and Shaw, um, exactly what you're going to get. And, and so walking out, you know, and thinking about it, and I think I may have mentioned this when we were talking, but like to kind of. uh put an analogy to to my experience uh, or my my thoughts of this film it's like what it reminded me of is when i was a kid and it reminds me of getting my boxes that are full of different toys you know i have like the gi joes and i have the dinosaurs and i have the you know ghostbusters and whatever and i just dump all these piles of toys into into the floor and then i grab them and i'm just like wouldn't it be cool if my vehicle they're riding jumps off a ramp they jump off that they land on a plane they fly up to space then they jump off of that like you know that's what it felt like was like a kid just playing with toys because everything that was happening was so ridiculous but at the same time i could see myself doing that when i was like you know seven years old playing with the yeah. toy or whatever <laughs> no very much 
Yeah, how about I you? you saying that walking out. Yeah, yeah it's like, like I was playing with my toys and that's the movie we made. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it stuck with me. I mean, like, you know, if, if you jump off a giant building and some guy swings by and catches you with a vehicle going like 80 miles an hour, like, OK, that's something I would have done with my toys. Or like if you drive fast enough that the explosion from the mines won't blow your ass up like that's that's the kind of logic I would have thought of with my toys. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so that's but that's the kind of experience that I was, I guess, prepared for is I knew it was going to be ridiculous and stupid and and not, quote unquote, realistic. Um, but that's what that's just what you got to be ready for. I mean, again, if you're yeah. if you're thinking this is going to be Oscar stuff like <laughs> you, you've been watching the wrong trailers. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I, I agree. I mean, so, you know. I've been looking so forward to this movie. Like I said, I I've been a massive fan of this series for 20 years. I've seen every one of these in the theater, some multiple times. Um, I love these characters. I know it's getting batshit crazy. <laughs> I know it. And, and, but you know, at this point, how do you not just sit back and laugh and just enjoy the ridiculousness of it? Like everybody knows what they're doing at this point. They know it's tongue in cheek, you know, they know what they're doing. I've seen interviews and heard interviews with the director, Justin Lin, you know, he, he knows where it's gone. Nobody's trying to be like, take us seriously. Like this is supposed to just be an over the top superhero ish action movie, right? These are superheroes. This is the Avengers of non-superhero world you know (laughs) like straight up like you know we have all these different characters from different movies coming together and fighting crime (laughs) you know and you know i just i i've seen a lot of reviews where people just can't disconnect that part right they're just like oh it's just too over the top and you know the shit's so ridiculous like it sucks and it's like i don't know how you can't have fun with this stuff like yes it's over the top but like you said, if you shut your brain off or you just have that mentality going in of like, hey, I'm going to watch this over the top action movie. I've seen the trailers. I know he's going to Tarzan this fucking car across the cliff. <laughs> yes. Like whatever. Right. Like, yep. like to me, the craziest part about that scene was the fact that he wasn't wearing the seatbelt when the car stopped rolling. <laughs> I was just like, OK, I'll take the fact that the car just swung across a mountain, but he hit the mountain and then rolled 50 times. And he didn't have the seatbelt on the whole time. Like, why didn't he get ejected from the car? You know, so like, that's the shit to me. That's more unrealistic. That's so else. funny that the thing that drove me the most nuts is I'm tac- I'm going into a jungle scenario and my <laughs> tactical outfit is a bright white t-shirt. <laughs> like, bright I was lady. good with the jungle rope swing thing, too. But the bright white t-shirt in the jungle. Come on, man. <laughs> bright white tee with a shotgun while these yeah. guys have fucking machine guns. He's exactly. got the fucking shotgun. Can you come mm. a little closer so i can hit you with this thing. exactly um yeah so i like i said so overall thought wise you know it's just like i said i had a great time with it, it yes it's got some parts i mean we'll we'll laugh at some of the crazier parts and, and that that we kind of chuckled aloud at um but like i said man i knew what i was getting into and it gave me what i wanted which was great action a great you know fun ride um i've been along for the ride this long i don't see what they could do to make me be like i don't want any more of these you know because i right. i i see the hatred like it's funny because these movies are making a lot of damn money i mean the last couple of fast and furious films have hit the billion dollar club so 
for as much hate that I see online of people being like, why don't they just stop making these things? I'm like, there's still a lot of people going to see these things. So I'm like, are y'all going yeah. out in secret and then talking shit? Like what's going on over here? <laughs> exactly. You know, cause I see a lot of people being like, Oh, I refuse to see this shit. And then I'm like, Oh, it made another fucking $500 million. Like that's funny. Um, so well, it's, it reminds me of like the train wreck kind of mentality or the, the car crash mentality yeah. where like, you know, if someone sees a car crash, you want to look at it and see what, yeah. what's going yeah. on. What? Yeah. Where can they go now? Right. Like what, what's yes. next? Like we've done, you know, and I think that's why some of the stuff is getting more and more and more ridiculous. Cause it's like, you always have to one up yourself. Right. Like, I yeah. mean, yeah, you know, in, sure. in fast five is when all this crazy shit started. So fast five. They go to Brazil, they rob that bank, right? They pull the fucking safes down the street and the safes yeah. are wailing through buildings and all this kind of crap, but never tips the cars over, right? Like, but yeah, you know, it just it's doing all that. Then number six has the the big airport runway scene at the end and everything's going crazy and all that kind of stuff. And then seven, we're what we're jumping towers in Dubai, you know, with dope. cars and yep. all this stuff. So you know, in eight, we're we're battling submarines and the rock moved the torpedo with his hand and, you know, like <laughs> shit like that. Like you have to keep one up in yourself. Right. So we keep joking, like, what are they going to do next? Go to space. <laughs> and they and they heard that shit. Right. They were like, oh, well, we got to go to space at some point. Right. Because it yep. would be a series. Right. We we took Jason to space in part 10. Why not do it? With <laughs> yeah. You know, so so it's like they have to keep one up in themselves. It's the same problem that Tom Cruise has with Mission Impossible, right? Like oh, every shit. movie he's got to do a bigger and bigger, you know, stunt because he's got to one up himself. So that's where Fast and Furious is at is they just have to keep making it bigger and bigger and bigger. And unfortunately, the, the caveat to that is it's going to get more and more extreme and in the stupidity aspect as well, too, of like, oh, my God, there's no fucking way that would happen, you know, but. Sure. You know, but but what what do you do? I mean, that it wasn't that always as a kid growing up, I always felt like action movies were that over the top thing, right? Oh, yeah, like Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, the Stallone movies, like Van Damme, like that was the point of those action movies was that it was bigger than life. And I can escape for a couple hours and see some really crazy shit that I would never see in my real life. And that's what Fast and Furious is giving me. So why hate on it? <laughs> I, I, you know, it. I agree with you. And I think that's that's why I keep going is to just experience this like ridiculous fun time. I think that, you know, a lot of people struggle with the fact that it did start off with trying to be a yeah. kind of more serious, grounded story. You know, uh, as you mentioned, the point break, you know, like that kind of concept of this uh these people stealing vcrs that's what i was here they started off on vcrs and now they're driving cars in space like who cares if they're spies now like right. you know let's like let it it is what it is like um you know we it can't just do nine movies of these guys racing cars in the 40s <laughs> exactly you know what i mean like it just that doesn't work you had to up the stakes you know i mean the, to me the franchise really started running in fast five and that's when we took this stuff to that next level you know where where it was like okay we need to do something bigger than street racing you know and but i never feel like it lost its value of that i feel like every movie takes a moment to go back to those roots and show us a little bit of what we had in those first several movies you know 
Sure. Um, the cars are always going to be an important yes. part of, of, of the characters. And that's kind of one of the things that brings them together. Right. So uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of the, the glue of, of the whole, of all of their relationships in a way is, is been brought in through vehicles for the most part. Yeah. yeah and, and that's indicative of a lot of people. I mean, I have friends that like, we became friends because we were in the parking lot seeing each other's cars. We're like, dude, that car's dope. And we go and start talking that way. And like, that's what they can do. And and sure. Cars don't always do that for everybody. Like my cousin, he's like, I drive a piece of metal. I don't care what it looks like. <laughs> and uh, But for me, I'm like, Oh, I want the, you know, 67 Mustang fastback, blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, but that is something that is, a true fact of life like there are a lot of car fans and that brings people together so that's why i think you know that kind of works and is needed for for these movies is because the the cars and the race scene is is the 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 uh, i guess i said it already is glue of of the group yeah yeah and i love that i mean like they they still manage a way even if they're doing like you know some crazy ass mission it's still car based you know like them you know dropping cars out of the airplane and fast seven you know and parachuting down and you know or the car chases at the end of fast eight you know on the ice like everything's always cars you know at some point and i love that they tie it back to that even no matter how ridiculous it gets but overall so so in in fast nine real quickly storyline wise we start off with you know the flashback scene we see kind of how their dad died right and then we cut to current day uh dominic toretto and and um uh letty are living like on a farm they're like in the wilderness and they're raising dom's son um tyrese and Ludacris and the chick i forget her name um they show up and they basically ramsey ramsey so they show up and they let Letty and Dom know that Mr. Nobody's plane has crashed and that he was carrying some kind of, you know, secret device, which is kind of reminded me of the whole God's eye thing that they did in like number six. Yeah. Like, you know, and that was how we met Ramsey, right? Like she created the God's eye, which was like, oh, you could tap into any camera in the world and da 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 da. Now we have a device that's like, oh, you can control the Earth's satellites and weapons. And so it's kind of the same thing. But there's, you know, Mr. Nobody's plane has gone down. He's missing. Um, and, and this device is missing. What are we going to do? So I love, right? So it's up to Dom and the team to go in and try to figure oh, it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but Dom's like, hey, man, I'm out the game, right? Like, like I'm done. Like, we're not in, we're not involved, right? So Ludacris and Tyrese and them are like, okay, we're wheels up at 8 a.m. We're going to go check it out. And then, of course, Letty's like, well, I'm out, too. Like, like I can't live this life. Like, I ain't trying to raise nobody else's son. Like, I'm going to go and uh, join. Yeah, up props to her for sticking to her guns, man. She's like, no, nah, this is this is how what I want to do. Yeah, she's like, hey, man, I ain't living this farm life. I'm going to go with the crew and we're going to go do this thing. And then um, so, of course, right when they're getting on the plane, there's the charger and Vin shows up. He's like, all right, let's do this because he saw a video of Mr. Nobody's plane going down. And real quickly, you can see John Cena pop into frame. So Dom now sees that's my brother. So now I need to figure this shit out. So he shows up and we're all like, who the hell's watching the kids? Right. (laughs) So that was the first big question was who the hell's watching the kids? And um, so they go to the jungle and then we get that big jungle fight that we were talking about earlier there's mines in the ground they're driving through it all blowing shit up we meet john <laughs> cena's character uh we get the whole big scene you see in the trailer with the tarzan swing um and 
basically now we know the bad guy is Jacob Toretto. It's Dom's brother. Um, but we can't find Mr. Nobody. What are we going to do? And, and henceforth the mission is on. Um, then I want to take a moment to pause and talk about Han's resurrection, right? So mm-hmm. we go to Tokyo, basically Letty and Mia go to Tokyo to look at some clues and see what's going on. Cause there was this mysterious postcard that came to Dom from Han, but I think it was postmarked like after Han died, like a day or two after he died. So yeah. they're like, oh, something's weird with this. So they go, they get in a big fight. They meet this awesome ass chick uh, who helps them fight. And then a sniper from the rooftop, boom, it's Han. He's back, right? How, how, what has happened, right? So we get this crazy little backstory about how, you know, he went to Tokyo. We get Tokyo Drift. Uh, he was sad because Gal Gadot had died. And he gets, uh, he has a conversation with Mr. Nobody. And Mr. Nobody tells him, you know, hey, Giselle worked for me as well. Why don't you come work for me? Because if she trusted you, I trust you. Come work with me. And, um, you know, we'll put you on the payroll, basically. So then they, I guess, fake his death with the whole scene with Jason Statham. Like, he wasn't really in the car. I felt like they were trying to make me think that that was a hologram. Because he was there, then he wasn't there. And then Han pops up, like, across the street with Kurt Russell. And I'm like, what the hell just happened here? I was like, going to ask if you understood what was going on. Because it was just like magic trick. He's out of there. Yes. And I was like, how is this? Says like, oh, it's a, I did a magic trick. But yeah, yeah. he's he. but they, you see him in the car basically dying. And then he's not there anymore. So I almost got this vibe. And I think I saw an article that said that, that it was a hologram. And that basically like he wasn't really in the car, which which is so beyond the far-fetched point. Of like, so we, because if you go back to Tokyo Drift, that was just a race to begin with. Yeah. So then if you piece all the pieces together, we have a race. Then we're supposed to believe that the car that hit him during that race was Jason Statham, knocking him out, setting the car on fire, walking away, only to know that he wasn't really actually in that car because he was working for Mr. Nobody. And it was a magic trick to say that he was dead so that they could get him off grid. I don't know, man, okay. but you know, it, it it made zero sense to me. I had no idea. I literally like looked, shook my head, like looking to the left, look to the right. Like what just happened when I was watching it? Because it didn't make any sense and they don't do a good job of explaining it. And they no. went with the painstakingly uh, long explanation of yeah. the brother, but they're not going to like explain how he got out of the car or what all he had to do was say, Oh, that's a good hologram or something like right, that. Right, right. I, I think they were just expecting us to know because Mister Bo- Nobody has a lot of tricks. Because because Han says to him like that was a cool magic trick, and he goes, "Oh, we've done better." So, yeah, I've done so better. I'm just like, which is another thing that makes me feel like Giselle's alive, you know. But, mm-hmm. you know, um, but yeah, I mean, I just felt like they they just tried to pawn it off, like, well, it is what it is. He's back, and and he's he's a spy now for for Mister Nobody. And uh, and and that's again where we where it, it's like the convenience factor, which is very high in comic book films, right? Like the yeah. people in the right place at the right time, right? Like it happens all the time, right? Like oh, Peter Parker goes to the bank to take out twenty bucks out of the ATM, and it happens to get robbed by Doctor Octopus at that exact time, right? Exactly. So, so the coincidence factor is always there, and and so now I'm supposed to believe 
that Giselle, who we met in Fast and Furious 4 and was just like the bad guy's girlfriend at, at the beginning, was a spy all along for Mr. Nobody. Um, and then he recruited Han, who was also just a street racer, <laughs> um, <laughs> to be a part of his crew, which they also was the same, you know, he's the same one that recruited Dom and his team. But no one told Dom and the team that Han was alive and actually working for the same dude that they've been working for. <laughs> like, I'm just like, oh, my God, dude, like, like trying to, you know, bless their hearts for trying to piece it together. But <laughs> it uh, very convoluted, very convoluted. I was hoping for something a little bit different um like a like a manhole cover or something that he fell into <laughs> under the car <laughs> and just you right. know he just was well, alive and maybe got you know health back you know brought back to health like by mr nobody after the fact or something i don't know and it's not the first time they brought someone back to the dead because they did that with letty right like the, yes. they showed her get capped in what was it four and then she shows back up in uh uh, like, well yeah six i was thinking of the after credit scene in five yeah. so i didn't know if that actually counts but no. um but yeah and only a picture in five at least with her <laughs> they threw in the like she had amnesia she didn't yes. know right yes but like how, like how pissed would you be i'm like man hon i thought we were family like you could just right, le- right. leave me leave You've me alive like this that? whole fucking time we mourned <laughs> you man like we mourned you we buried you like seriously for you know, years yeah you know justice for han <laughs> yeah <laughs> You know, you know, nonetheless, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. But man, you know, that's a hard one because I've had several people be like, how do they explain Han being back? And I'm like, I can't even try to explain it. (laughs) It makes no sense. It's (laughs) just it's not even going to make sense. So let's just go with he's alive. And that's that. Like, you know, it does. It does bum me out I because I do like the Han character a lot. And I am glad he's back. But it does bum me out that it basically disregards the whole his death, because I thought. I thought when they did the whole redo of that scene and made it look like Jason Statham was the one that killed him, I was like, that is the coolest shit ever. Like the fact yeah. that they brought in Jason Statham, they connected it to Tokyo Drift that, that, that he's like, you've killed my brother. Now I killed one of your family members, you know, eye for an eye. And that was such a badass scene that I got such a kick out of that they were able to like splice that footage and make it connect. And then now it's just for nothing. Like it doesn't mean shit anymore. And that really does suck in the grand scheme of it all. Like I, as much as I like to see Han back, it does bum me out that it's really disregarded that scene. Well, it's, I think it it serves two purposes. I think number one is, is it, it, obviously is the purpose to bring back Han um, because, you know, he's a fan favorite and they want, you know, like you said that by the end, it's going to be like the whole Avengers, every one of them all together. But the other thing it does is, you know, from the get go, Jason Statham was, is such a fan favorite that they don't want to make him a bad guy anymore. And they don't want him to just be killed off. So he ends up kind of also having the turn, but at the end of whichever one it was where him and his brother saved the baby and they bring yeah. it back to Dom. And like, okay. you, you get that he gets some credit for doing that, but at the end of the day, like Dom's still like, you still kill my friend. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And so I think this, the second purpose of bringing back Han is to then quote unquote, make sense later on um, for Jason to kind of be part of the team. Right. right like so he he's more easily accepted now that he didn't actually kill Han. yeah no i mean that that definitely i mean they had to almost do that 
you know, because yeah, that at the end of eight, you know, Jason Statham's at the at the barbecue, and it's like this guy did kill one of your all's your best yes. friends over here. Exactly. Like, I'm glad I'm glad he saved the baby and all, but he still killed one of the fam over here. So you know, it was kind of weird, and then you know, um, but that's the thing too is I don't want to always turn all the bad guys good. You know what I mean? Like, because Jason Statham was such a badass bad guy for this franchise. Totally. And as much as I love him being good and I love like Hobbs and Shaw, I'm like, man, he was such a cool threat to them in Fast 7. And I love that. And it does kind of suck that they've now turned that, you know? Um, And now we did the same thing with John Cena's character. You know, it's like, oh, we got this cool bad guy that's his brother and he's just as tough and big and bad as Dom. But now he's a good guy, right? We had the happy ending. So, you know, it's just like, can we have a really cool bad guy, please? It just stays a bad guy for once. I'm waiting for Cypher to be turned good by the end of this thing. Because now with the breaking news that she's getting the spinoff, I'm like, so are we turning good over here with her too? Yes, that means she's going to be good now. Yeah, because I'm like, we ain't doing this villain movie with Cypher, so... What um, could they possibly fight other than aliens or dinosaurs that they would have to team up with? Her? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, they're, they're going to have to do maybe, maybe Cypher's movie will be some kind of suicide squad type of thing, right? Oh, there you go. Where they catch her and they're like, you got to do this for us. So we're going <laughs> to fucking blow you up. <laughs> you know, if you don't want to be in prison the rest of your life, you need to do this mission for us. So she'll end up being an anti-hero. I'll tell you the spinoff I want to see. I want to see the Queenie spinoff uh, with Helen Mirren. Oh. That, that chick, man, when she was still in that necklace and then jumping in that car, like that was my favorite part of the whole movie. That chick was <laughs> badass. So I was like, dude, let me see this movie right here. I yeah, really enjoyed yeah, she it. She was badass, and I, I did appreciate the callback to Hobbs and Shaw because she was in prison at the end of that movie, and yep. Dom says to her, like, oh, I thought you were in jail. And she's like, oh, please, you know, like, they can't keep me in there. You know, so I, I love that, that, you know, she's she's badass. And, you know, but but then again, like, you know, she says, like, which one of my sons are you here to see? I'm like, well, yeah. what, about the do- what about the daughter, man? She's fucking MI6. Like, maybe right. he needs her help. <laughs> you know, like, come on. It's not just about the boys. That's um, right. You know, so, yeah. So, no, that was cool. I mean, I do like that they're very keen on bringing back certain characters, even if it's just for a couple minutes, like they did with Helen Mirren. Uh, I don't it, the the blink and you missed it cameo at the beginning of the film. The cop that Dom talked to in the plane was actually the cop from fast and furious four that brian broke his nose <laughs> it was all oh, right it was yeah. that cop and he still had his broken nose <laughs> in the scene which i was like that's a really cool callback because not a lot of people are going to remember that that was the police officer that he worked with and you know four movies ago i admit i didn't catch it until you said like as soon as you said it i was like oh yeah like then yeah. It, it hit i noticed me, but... right away the broken nose and i was like oh yeah because they broke his nose twice i think in that movie <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like messing with right. them um, so I, I love that they bring back those little characters. We got to see the return of Bow Wow from Tokyo Drift. He gets, yep, yep. <laughs> you know, Twinkie. we haven't seen we haven't seen him. Uh, yeah, Twinkie. We haven't seen him since Tokyo Drift, along with uh, Sean coming back in a little bit of a bigger scene. We saw Sean really quick, I think, in Fast Seven, 
or maybe Fast Six. I think it was, it was Fast one Seven. Of those, yeah. yeah, I think it was Seven. We saw him real quick, and I thought like, oh, they got to bring him in as like a big part of the team now, right? And they never did. And I feel like he gets the short end of the stick, man. Like he was a driver. He was all badass in that movie. Like why couldn't he be a part of the team now, right? Yeah. But, uh, but he gets a bigger role in this one. Um, the other dude that was working with them, the guy, the engineer guy, he was in Tokyo Drift as well too. So it was really cool to see them kind of bring that in um because you know because we all know that tokyo drift when that movie started filming it was not intended to be a fast and furious film it was actually a script for a different movie Mm. and then they decided to throw the fast and furious name before i think the movie was just going to be called tokyo drift and then they threw the fast and furious name in front of it just to kind of get a couple extra, extra bucks dollars. in the box office, right? Yeah. For people that yeah. are like, oh, Fast and Furious. And then they had made the deal with Vin Diesel. Uh, I think Vin Diesel had made that deal with Universal that he would get to do another Riddick if he cameoed at the end of the movie and would come back for another Fast and Furious. That's hilarious. So he did, and that's why he pops up at the end there. So that was that was cool. So going back to the movies, so we bring Han back. Um, you know, Jacob is trying to steal that device. We find out from the flashback scene with Han that the girl, the little girl he's been protecting, her parents created the device and it's DNA coded and only the little girl can unlock it. Um, so we get a lot of fights. We get a lot of back and forth. Cypher is back from Fast 8. Um, she's arrested at this point with the bad guys and they're kind of using her as leverage. Um, and, you know, and I'm blazing through this real quick, but you guys all know at this point, you know, so we kind of go through it there we get all the big fights at the end um of course the t- the bad guys in great bad guy fashion turn on jacob toretto and are basically <laughs> like no we want all the money and fame for ourselves so you're out and which instantly turns jacob toretto into a good guy to team back up with his brother yep. and the family and uh fight the good fight and uh they do and of course tyrese and Ludacris, they do go to space they go up on a rocket they go out into space in a fiero <laughs> and um they're, they're supposed scuba to- outfits scuba outfits <laughs> looking to take out a satellite that they need to um it's the only way to stop this thing from happening and um you know it's one of those end of the world kind of scenarios uh but they do save the day and of course we end the movie back at the barbecue um you know and what i really one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie and this might sound cheesy but was really the reuniting of han and sean from tokyo drift like when han walked up to the barbecue and the the look on sean's face of like oh my god it's my friend and he's alive and he was just he just grinned ear to ear and they hugged and i was like man who would have thought like this reunion from tokyo drift from way back (laughs) in the day was such a cool moment in this movie the ninth in a franchise so that was really cool kind of seeing everybody reunite and of course there's an empty table there's an empty chair at the table and uh mia says oh he's on his way and the blue car pulls up man and you're like oh shit it's brian dog (laughs) and uh and but the credits roll we don't see anybody but a real nice nod you know we find out earlier in the movie that i guess brian was watching all the kids when we were joking earlier about who's watching the kids and i guess brian was watching the kids because that's how (laughs) mia got to be involved in this one and and i'm glad that they explained it as well too because i remember watching the trailers being like why would mia be involved in this movie 
and not Brian. But it makes sense because they were going after his brother, which is her brother. So yep. it was a family matter. And that's why she got involved into this one. So, you know, Brian stepped this one out to watch the kids so Mia could go find her brother. Um, <laughs> so, you know, so that was cool. Um, but man, all right. So, I mean, that's the story in a nutshell. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I got two questions for you and I'm yes, just done. Please, please. All right. So first, I want to know, I, you kind of answered this one. So I'll start with this first. What was um, your your favorite moment or favorite scene throughout the in, in this movie? So like you kind of already touched on like the reuni- reuniting of Sean and Han kind of yeah. stood out to you. But did you have another scene that was just really cool for you? I mean, the magnet stuff, driving through with the magnets, I thought that was super cool as hell. You know, I mean, sometimes, you know, again, you're just like, why did it only pull those things and not everything? Uh, sometimes, you know, and especially when they turned it on and got John Cena's car and just like oh, ripped yeah. his car through the wall and kind of went right into the truck. And that's how they were able to capture him. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. But no, I, I love the magnet scene driving through the streets. Um, that was awesome. I thought the jungle stuff was really cool. That that whole action scene in the beginning, I thought was really tight, even though it was a little crazy, especially the uh, the drawbridge driving over the drawbridge it snaps oh it's falling and they some still somehow still were able to drive fast enough to get up the bridge and onto <laughs> the mountain even though that's not the way a drawbridge would work if it snapped <laughs> but uh you know hey aa for effort but uh you know but yeah i mean honestly all the action scenes i thought were badass i thought they were really badass in this movie there was a lot of great action a lot of great hand to hand uh the fight with dom and jacob um I loved all the action stuff, you know, and there was a lot of good humor too, man. I mean, I think that's what I like about these movies a lot is the balance of humor and action. Uh, I love what they did with Tyrese in this movie where he kind of in the beginning was just, I, I, I feel like he was that guy for the audience to be like, Hey, do you ever realize like, why are we not dead? Like, why yeah. are we still alive after all of these missions, all this crazy shit we do, we don't even have a scratch on us, you know, like, how does that happen? And I love that it, this almost like internal running joke was going on about them almost being immortals and all this stuff. And I was like, that's hilarious because, you know, a lot of the audience is thinking that and wondering like how the hell, because the, there's that scene in the jungle, right? Where he's in, he gets stuck. The truck gets stuck between two rocks and he gets out to dodge the mine and then mm-hmm. the car looks like it just falls right on him. Mm-hmm. And we're like, what the fuck? Did they just kill him off like right now in the beginning of the movie? And then he just pops up like, "Woo, man, that was close. And we're like, dude, we just saw this truck fall on his head. Like, how the hell is he walking away from this thing? You know, even even Ludacris is like, I thought you were dead. Like, you know, like straight up, you know, and I love that that was the running joke. The entire movie was like, ah, ah, I told you, like, like we're we're invincible, like, you know, like we should be dead. So that was a really cool tongue in cheek kind of thing to do for the audience kind of wink, wink. Uh, I thought that was kind of a nice kind of almost break the fourth wall kind of moment. So those were kind of the standouts to me kind of overall, like I that I really enjoyed. Like, what about you? Uh, for me, definitely my favorite scene I mentioned already was with uh, Queenie. Um, uh, dude, that scene was just so dope. I really liked oh, cool. her attitude and her like just her swagger, you know. Um, I also really liked the new character L um, with her doing like all her awesome ninja kick yes, buddy stuff. Um, one of, probably one of my favorite characters of the franchise is Ramsey, and I was just 
I was disappointed that they made her where like she doesn't know how to drive. And yeah. I was just like, ah, oh, come on, let her drive a car, cool car. But uh, you know, I, I like I kind of got it though, because she's British yeah. and and she's like, I don't really, you know, like she's like, I never really drove a car. Like she is the tech nerd, you know, like you know, there's a lot of people just ride the bus and stuff over there. And like, sure. you know, a lot of people sure. drive. So it, it was, it, I thought that was a funny twist to be like, you know, what I don't like about scenes like that though, is the over the top, like, Oh, I got the windshield wipers on and like stuff yeah. like that. Like and swerving like, all the way to the left and all yeah. the way to the right. <laughs> smashing. Cars. That, 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 um, that bothered me a little bit, but um, yeah, I mean, my two favorite scenes were definitely with um, Helen Mirren and then also with uh, L when she was kicking butt. Um, I, I did also enjoy specifically the chase with Don and, and um, Jacob and to where Dom like jumps and like catches him on the wire as he's like swinging through the city oh, like yeah, Spider-Man. Awesome. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty cool scene. Um, so that was pretty fun for me as well. But it also kind of was leading into my next question for you was going to be, what was the most like absurd thing for you? Like what bothered you the <laughs> this most? This is what I was going to ask you. So, <laughs> so yeah, so we're on the same page, right? The love moments. And then what let's talk some absurdity. Cause we took, we joked about it. Like this movie's got a lot of it that you just have to kind of, okay. Like, you know, um, my favorite, my favorite. And this is when I chuckled out loud during the movie <laughs> was uh, there. There's a moment where, so they, like I said earlier in the movie, they had captured Don, uh, Jacob Toretto and um, Mr. Nobody had given them like a hideout base, like where the Ninja Turtles were in the sewer. Like <laughs> they have they have the Ninja Turtle base, and um and and they have Jacob Toretto captured. And of course, the bad guys find out where they're at. And you know, Jacob Toretto was like, "Hey, I've worked with Mr. Nobody before too. I know all about this base. I told them where you'd be." So they're they're escaping so dom goes on this big fight and he's fighting off you know 50 damn guards yeah, all by himself, himself and everything <laughs> he's the hulk and, yeah. um, and then there's a moment in this scene where where he's on he's on like a platform and there's chains dangling <laughs> and he grabs the chains one in each hand and goes and, pulls, and literally pulls the ceiling down and makes it collapse, right? So then it falls on top of all the bad guys, including him. They fall like 50 feet, and he lands in the water um, below. (sighs) Him (laughs) pulling the ceiling down, to me, was the most absurd fucking thing in this movie. Like, that's when I just had to be like, ha! Like, watching this in the theater. Because I could not believe that he just pulled the ceiling down. And there was a similar feeling to this scene, I think. I think it was in fast seven i think it's seven the, the, when, the ground stomp yes the yes. ground stomp when he's fighting jason statham and he stomps in the parking garage and the fucking garage crumbles below him <laughs> um i'm like dude he, he i don't give a fuck how big he is he is not that goddamn strong like we are talking <laughs> about cement that he is literally pulling like I it's just you know i felt like i i felt like he needed to one up the rock for trying to pull the to pull the helicopter, the helicopter. down the top of the jaw. <laughs> he was like 
he's like the rock did that with one hand i'm gonna take two and i'm gonna rip this fucking ceiling down <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so to me that was the most absurd thing i mentioned before about the draw bridge i thought that was just so ridiculous the bridge is literally like a wood ladder bridge that's strung across a mountain valley and it snaps with a jeep on it and somehow <laughs> as it's falling they drive the jeep up it and onto the mountain um which is just that is so goddamn absurd um <laughs> you know uh of course you know the space stuff like i could i almost just had to just you know okay like with it with the fiero like being in space how the fuck would they get back through the atmosphere you know, <laughs> yeah. like how is that thing going to withstand like the sun and 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 how the heat of coming back through the atmosphere on the way back down um in the scuba gear like that wouldn't work like like that was just so so absurd and they didn't even show us how they got back in i actually thought they were going to kill those two off uh in that scene they made it seem like if they smashed the satellite they were dead and they somehow yeah. smashed the satellite still made it back just fine so it kind of i don't understand why they made such a big deal about that scene <laughs> because like nothing really was an outcome of it like to, to be like oh man what a sacrifice right like, they, they rammed the satellite and everything was all good still um so that was a little something something uh even getting that car into space i mean we saw the earlier scene in the movie where they were like oh we've never had a successful test run of this car with the rocket on it it always blows up after the fact but somehow that was the you know that was the one that worked when they took it to space Um, i appreciated the fiero reference uh back in the day when the first fast and furious came out me and all my buddies always talked about like upgrading our cars. And I had this one dude at work who always wanted to get a Fiero and put a, a Ferrari mod over it. Cause that was like a thing people did. So that it looked like they had a Ferrari, but it was just a Fiero. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. So, I mean, so that, I mean, like we talked about the Tarzan swing, the no seat belts, you know, like stuff like that is just so goddamn over the top. Um, <laughs> But those those were probably the biggest absurd moments to me. I mean, definitely nothing will top him pulling down the ceiling um, with his bare hands <laughs> in a underground sewer cement hideout. But uh, you know that 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 really made me laugh out loud. But um, what what, what were the standout absurd moments for you, my friend? Well, you definitely narrowly called out a <laughs> lot of them. Um, I have to say, like, every time somebody was flying through the air and they caught him with a car, like, oh. I literally busted out laughing. I'm like, you know, it doesn't work that way, but you know what? Yeah. It looks cool, whatever. Yeah. Um, honestly, though. Yeah, like, Letty getting knocked off the motorcycle. And yeah. She catches her on his flying. hood. <laughs> yep. And the same thing happens to uh, uh, Jacob as well. Like, later on, he flies off the the big truck and then dom catches him or something oh yes that one was crazy <laughs> right? yeah because he jumped like th- that one was like a ping pong for a moment too yes. like he, he jumps out the one truck then hits the car and then the car spins and he jumps up gets knocked into the other car yes yes <laughs> it's totally ridiculous but totally. for me the one that like broke me where i was just like no this does not happen it's not even involving the vehicles it was uh in the jungle scene when uh tyrese is in the like kind of pit by himself and all the soldiers around him and they all have like (laughs) ak-47s there's like 10 of them would have the height advantage and they're shooting down at him and he doesn't get one scratch and i know that was like his joke but when you have height it's like you're he was in the kill box. I mean, 
watch the rock even as ridiculous as the rock movie is all the navy seals die because the bad guys had the height advantage yeah (laughs) so like i'm just i that that one broke me i was just (laughs) like no and that was right in the beginning um the other ones i could deal with but that's the one that broke me (laughs) yeah yeah how did how did the how did you know the mine not you know like michelle rodriguez is riding a motorcycle through a minefield (laughs) and somehow never hits a mine you know like like all these cars like like I don't know, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. The whole Tyrese thing, like they're getting shot at like crazy and, and just every bullet misses. And um, he actually, you're wrong though, because in that scene, he does like his, his bulletproof vest has a bunch of holes in it. Like he, he got right. hit a bunch of times, but yes, you're right. I mean, he still would have got uh, several in the head, yeah. <laughs> but you know, like they, they only hit where the Kevlar was at, you know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but come on, man, you know, nothing tops him pulling the ceiling down. Oh no, that is definitely the top one though, for no, sure. Like I, as I think me I and you that, both laughed oh, like our asses did, off like yes. when that shit that we were like, oh my god, like <laughs> like the like I said, like I it's easy for me to shut my brain off and just enjoy, but that one was definitely one where I was like, Oh, come on, guys, like like that that's where it's like <laughs> y'all really trying to make me not believe on this one right yep i can handle the space stuff but yes, with, exactly. dude, with homie pulling stuff down with his chains and pulling concrete no no nah, yeah nah. yeah just like like <laughs> i said I, I i i always hated that fucking uh parking lot stomp yes, in fast too. seven and i'm just like they did it again man he's damn hulk you know yep. and that's and that's what's always funny to me too with like the fight scenes like 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 they did it with when Vin fought the rock in fast five and then they did it again in this one when he fought cena when they had that fight scene and they're you know running through walls and like banging their heads through walls and then the you know the the wood is breaking and the concrete's breaking and you know you like and everyone just keeps fighting right like no one ever gets knocked the fuck out or like (laughs) anything right like his head went straight through a ceiling and somehow like they're just still punching away (laughs) yeah like no problem I mean, these are some tough SOBs, right? Hell <laughs> that's yeah. All, that's all I got to say. It's that um, adrenaline and all those muscles. I guess, I guess. So <laughs> so at the end of this movie, you know, like I said, we, we kind of circle back and we have a really cool kind of almost like repeat of the original film where Vin Diesel tells his brother, Jacob, uh, he gives him the keys to the car and he says, hey, you know, you know, everybody's going to be coming for you right now. And one time somebody gave me a 10 second head start. So I'm going to pay you the same favor. So it was a nice reversal there of what, you know, Brian did for him in the first movie. Now Vin doing it for Jacob at the end of this movie. Uh, So I love that callback. I thought that was a really, really cool kind of thing to give him that moment to kind of drive off, um, you know, and kind of get get a chance to get away. Because, of course, everybody's going to be coming for his ass. Um, uh, sorry i'm gonna circle back again to another ridiculous moment that just oh, back yeah. in my head i'm excited um, <laughs> so speaking of your queensy moment right so right after so number one how the f- <laughs> how the fuck did she know where to take him like number <laughs> one right like he just he just popped up like out of nowhere and got in the car with her and then she took him to that mansion right where jacob was at like he she didn't know he was gonna be there or what well, she she said that she knew um that he had come into town he was paying well so you know maybe they were like you know 
you did a good job come down to the party we're, we're having a good time no uh, maybe <laughs> but it just it was just very once again coincidental oh for sure you knew exactly where to go and like was able to take him there and get him there very quickly well um, it was also co- coincidental that he happened to know cardi b and her squad well so. that's what i was getting to <laughs> damn it you took my steam oh my that bad. was the scene that i wanted to talk about so yes yeah, so he goes in and he gets into the gunfight with john cena and they pull the guns on each other and then the little richie dude that was that was uh funding all the bad guy stuff he comes in and says oh you can't do that here so you're going to be arrested right here's interpol they're going to take you away and it turns out to be cardi b with horrible acting um she was so and what's crazy is that she was in the movie hustlers and i don't know if you ever saw hustlers yeah but, yeah I did. um I, I didn't think she was too bad in that no no but she's good she was fucking horrible in that scene in fast and furious <laughs> it was bad so it was all girls dressed up as interpol and they did this favor for dom right so i love that dom just has connections in every country and everywhere he goes right like not right. only does he have a charger waiting for him but he's got <laughs> he's got contacts all around the world uh that that always owe something to him for something right and um so so they're like yeah you know here we go we did this favor for you so again how did how the fuck would he had ever known that that's how that would have played out that that interpol would have been called you know that that scene would play out that way to where cardi b would be ready with her people dressed as cops to arrest him and then let him go uh i don't know man that was just another scene that i just i remember i was talking with my brother-in-law over the weekend about that scene and we were just kind of laughing about like once again the coincidental factor of just like (laughs) how would you know that that was going to play out that way to have that all set up and ready to go i feel like it would have made more sense if it was um I don't remember the character's name, but Isa Gonzalez from Hobbs and Shaw. Remember oh, she, that would have been badass. She had like the the girl squad, right? Yeah, with all the the guns and everything. So much more because then that way they could have tied in and like, oh, your buddy uh, Hobbs, you know, set, send us over here or something like that. You know, T- right. kind of loop it in a little bit, make it make sense. I'm surprised. I don't know about you, but I'm surprised. I don't. I don't think Hobbs got any mention in this movie. Nah, nah. Uh, I, I, I honestly thought like, cause we knew he wasn't in it, but I honestly thought you would get that name drop at some point. Like, why don't we call Hobbs? Oh, he's off on mission somewhere. Right. Like, <laughs> right. like just to have that moment of like, why is he not here? Right. He's been in the last three movies. Why would we not have him for this crazy ass mission? You know, like, so that to me was a little weird that they wouldn't have even tried to say, Oh, maybe he was busy doing something else, you know? Yeah. And I, I guess, you know, I guess we're supposed to assume that, but you're right. Typically, they like to like o- yeah, over explain well. stuff and drop a drop a comment. Maybe it's in like the director's cut. There's a little <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe it just shows that that Vin Diesel feud is still, you know, a little yeah. a little there that he was like, I don't want to even mention his goddamn yeah. name in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, because I'm like, they love to name drop in these movies. How are you not going to mention Hobbs? Uh, come on. Seriously, if, if, if he needed been... anybody's help in these films, he would be the first call I would make so i don't know why <laughs> exactly i was gonna say the same and like even if they'd be like well i heard he's fighting some guy with a really cool motorcycle um yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's tangled up over in london doing something yeah there you go um yeah that would have been cool um so so you know so like i said we talked about the barbecue we talked about the ending of the film there is a mid credit scene um where we see a, a guy in a hoodie punch doing a punching bag 
and um, the hoodie comes off, and it's Jason Statham. That's right, Deckard Shaw. He's punching this punching bag. He unzips the bag, and there's a dude inside of it all beat up, awesome. which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Um, so I, I did not notice if it was a character or anybody we knew. I don't know who he was beaten up. I feel like it maybe is just some generic bad guy. I think um, so. But I didn't feel like it was overly obvious who the guy was that he was punching. But he asked the guy for, I think, a flash driver for something. And then there's a knock on the door. He zips the bag back up. And when he opens the door, it's Han. And it's like, oh, we get that face-to-face, right? Like, we're going to have that justice for Han moment. But that's where it fades to black. And now we're going to have to wait for Fast 10 to see what happens after that fact. Um, But very cool moment, man, to kind of see those two come head-to-head. Because, hey, regardless of everything, Jason Statham did try to kill him. Unless the way they retcon that is again that they try to make it that Jason Statham was in on the whole thing right. of how they faked his death and he's there to thank him for helping with the mission or some shit, right? So even that, if that's, that's the case, even if that's the case, he went into that police station and killed a shitload of police yes. officers. So he's still a murderer. <laughs> he's still a murderer regardless. He blew up a whole hospital at the beginning of that movie. So. Yes, exactly. Um, but, a, but a cool mid-credit scene. I was kind of hoping that the person at the door would have been The Rock. <laughs> it was like, yeah, like give, give me my hob so we could get a little moment uh, after the fact. And I thought he would come in and start punching on the bag. Um, but unfortunately, it was not that. But I did like the fact of bringing Han in and kind of doing that. So I did appreciate the mid-credit scene. I liked that they do those uh with these films now as well too so we're setting it up so that's f9 everybody um the highs the lows the ridiculousness of it all but overall we had fun um even though what was your final score so my final ranking and i i just even though i had a good time with it i could not give give a higher ranking than two and a half i mean <laughs> so bad it's it's a bad movie but like i still had fun with it but it was it's a bad movie so two and a half's right down the middle i think in, in my opinion it based on your enjoyment of the film not based on what kind of movie it is come on that's why i didn't get just a two you know the no enjoyment. thanks for your, for your so generous extra half a star <laughs> God, two and a half. Yeah, yeah. still That's- good. I had a fun with it, but it just it was it didn't quite hit the like you know great mark or definitely not like excellent or or perfect. So I I, I go with the uh, one sucks, two's okay, and it was just a, almost too good, but I just couldn't quite uh, give it the full three. Uh, well, I would give it four out of five because I base my shit on the my enjoyment of the movie, <laughs> regardless how cheesy or over the top it is. Yes, I understand that it's not going to win any Academy Awards. It's not that type of film. I can still give it four stars. I had a great time with it. I thought it was awesome. Um, so th- th- there's the scores. Um, I know we were kind of, and I still haven't done my full ranking. I need oh, come to, on. You're kinda, slacking. I know, this, I know. but I got mine I, ready to roll. I, I knew you would. I knew you would. So <laughs> I want, I'll roll to you first. I'll try to slap mine in my mind real quick, but um, go ahead and uh, rank out your, uh, you're going to do nine or you're doing all 10 with the. I, I'll uh, throw in Hobson Shaw. I'll do all right. All ten. All right. Go for it. Uh, so for me, uh, coming in at the very dead last uh, would be Too Fast, Too Furious. I I think I saw that movie the first time it came out, and I've never watched it oh, again. Oh, come on, Cub. Uh, uh, I don't like that one. <laughs> We're um, hungry. <laughs> number nine fits right in with its name. I throw in Fast 9. Uh, so F9 hits number nine. Mm-hmm. 
Number eight, I got Fast and Furious, which is num- the fourth one. Uh, at seven, I have the Fate in the Furious. Uh, so that's the eighth one. Uh, at six, I have Furious 7. Uh, at five, I have Tokyo Drift. Wow. Um, at four, I have uh, Hobbs and Shaw. At three, I have the first one. Um, at two, I have six. And one, I have five. Wow, that's confusing. Like all the numbers. So yeah, yeah. I'll go through yeah. again. Number one is Fast Five. Number two, Fast and Furious Six. Number three, The Fast and the Furious. Number four, Hobbs and Shaw. Number five, Tokyo Drift. Number six, Furious Seven. Number seven, Fate of the Furious. Number eight, Fast and Furious. Number nine, F9. And number 10, Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah, that made more sense. That was less numbers. <laughs> A lot of numbers. A lot of numbers. <laughs> yes um yeah that's interesting man i mean i think i agree with your top kind of portion but your your bottom half is all <laughs> um so uh yeah i don't know man like i said i kind of a, a lot of these i it's almost like ranking the marvel films sometimes to me because it's like they're so close sometimes to each other that it's like it's hard for me to separate because then like one day i could say one's better than another and then flip it the next day um yes. so that's what that's why i think it's been hard for me to kind of put this one to paper um i you know i would probably let me let me because like i said i'm doing this off the top of my head i did not write this out um so if i did off the top of my head yeah it's going to be easier to go best to worst right yeah so yeah i i would i would agree with you fast five all the way fast Heck five yeah. is the best movie of the franchise i love that movie seen in a million times it's so damn good then i would go six um i think i would go five six seven to be honest for one two three okay. um i love fast five six and seven uh for sure i think then i would go oh man (laughs) five five six seven and then probably four this is where it gets hard because i would probably go five six seven then possibly four if not the original movie so those two are kind of side by side for me um and then it would be Oh man, because then now I'm leaving out Hobbs and Shaw. Fuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's hard. I know it is hard. I think, okay, so I would go five, six, seven, Hobbs and Shaw, four, one, this one, F9, Too Fast, Too Furious, and then Tokyo Drift last. Gotcha. So I think that's the way I would go with it um, off the top of my head. So, because <laughs> um, definitely, definitely Tokyo Drift and Too Fast, Too Furious are at the bottom for me. Um, I don't hate them by any means. Once again, I always feel like I have to leave that, put that caveat out, like the Marvel movies, right? Like when I'm like, oh, Captain America, the first Avengers at the bottom of my list. But that doesn't mean I hate that movie. It's just the way the cookie crumbles, right? Right, right. So right. I I have Too Fast, Too Furious, and Tokyo Drift at the end. I do really like those movies. I like all these movies, but they're my least favorite of the bunch if I had to rank them out. And then The Fate of the Furious, I did not really care for that one tremendously much. So that's why that, that one would be towards the bottom there as well. And then it would be F9 and then kind of work into that big bunch of the five, six, seven uh, Hobbs and Shaw and then four and one. So, um, yeah, man, that's the franchise right there. Um, 
So, like I said, man, supposedly from what Vin Diesel says, there's only two movies left. They're filming 10 and 11 back to back. I think they're going to f- start filming later this year by the end of the year. Uh, they've been developing them for a while because, of course, this movie here, F9, was supposed to be released a year ago and then got pushed back an entire year because of the pandemic. So it's glad that it's finally out. That was the movie that I was so pissed about last year that I think it was one my most anticipated movie or my second most anticipated movie of the year yeah. last year. And then when the pandemic started, all these movies were shifting back like a month or two months and fast and furious F nine was the first movie to say, we're going to jump a whole year and go to May of next year. And I remember being like, what the hell? Why would you push this thing a whole damn year? And then look where we're at, man. It, it really took a year to get this damn thing up and running again. So uh, good on them. I mean, they definitely made a wise decision. Like I said, box office wise, this movie has made over $500 million already in just a couple of weeks. It is the biggest debut for any film in this pandemic era. Uh, the movie made $70 million here in the U.S. its opening weekend, which was the most any movie's made since um, The Rise of Skywalker in 2019. And then, um, you know, and it made over $300 million worldwide already. Um, and then, like I said, just crossed the $500 million mark. It just crossed the $100 million mark here in the U.S., it is the biggest numbers we've seen in the box office in a year and a half. So that is fantastic. It's good to see people back into the movies. Um, it was really packed when we went and saw it. it it's just, it's good to see people getting back out there uh, and trying to get back to some normalcy. So uh, like I said, we're supposed to get some more spinoffs, another Hobbs and Shaw, maybe the Cypher movie. Who knows what else we'll get? Um, Jordana Brewster and Michelle Rodriguez have been talking about a female spinoff, of course, of all those female characters. Why not? That seems to be a direction they want to go with a lot of this stuff lately. Um, so I could definitely see that happening at yeah, some point. Cool. I feel like the Tyrese Ludacris one is is at some point going to happen. Um, <laughs> right. Maybe that'll be exclusive to Peacock. <laughs> but, you know, we'll see how that one plays out. Um, it could be fun, man. It could be a fun buddy cop kind of movie. Yeah, why not? Um, And then, of course, like I said, 10 and 11, Vin Diesel says this will wrap up the franchise. They will continue with some spinoff stuff, but 10 and 11 will be the wrap up of the main franchise after all these years. So we'll see if they actually stick to that. Uh, It's like the director of uh, The Purge saying the new one was the last one. And before the weekend was even over, they're like, we have a good idea for another one. I'm like, yeah, of course (laughs) you do, because money speaks volumes. It keeps making money. You're going to keep making them. Yep, but we ready, man. We ready for 10 and 11. We'll see how ridiculous it gets. Of course, we'll probably have John Cena back. Hopefully, we'll have Hobbs and Shaw back. Maybe we'll see Gal Gadot back. You never know what's going to happen when the family gets together. So uh, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Is there anything else you want to wrap up with uh, F9 and the whole Fast Saga? No, I think we covered it all. It was a fun ride. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to see the the car wreck that's going to be number 10. <laughs> <laughs> yes, man. I'm telling you, man, get ready for the end game when Thanos pops up. <laughs> yeah. I one. want some dinosaurs. I want robots. Yeah. I, whatever you got. Dude, if Optimus it. Prime don't pop up at the end of 11, <laughs> dude, they're missing a big opportunity. Because <laughs> yeah, I want sure. that Transformers crossover. That's what I'm waiting for. So. <laughs> Um, but hell yeah, man. Well, thank you for joining me on this spoiler review. It's good to be back talking spoilers, talking about everything we can, because I don't get to talk about the fun stuff on the main show. So, you know, I try to keep it all spoiler free for y'all. So it's nice to come here and actually chat it up with somebody and uh, break it all down for y'all. So 
Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Friggins, tell the people where they can find you. Well, I am on Twitter and Instagram at one simple location. It's at Friggins. That's F-R-I-G-G-I-N-Z. Friggins with a Z. And um, that's pretty much it. Uh, I do. A, actually, I take it back. We do a a streaming um, thing on Twitch. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Mead and Friends, where a bunch of us get together and play some D&D. And we do that every other saturday um so we should be playing this coming saturday which would be the 10th um if you want to tune in and check us out playing DD, we do that as well all right awesome awesome check that out of course am i on the air make sure you follow on twitter at am i on the air all the social media platforms basically just search am i on the air and you can find us all across the interwebs make sure you subscribe on apple podcast spotify um amazon music spreaker stitcher tune in uh pod chaser google podcast we're all over the interwebs just subscribe wherever you see fit and make sure you follow along on instagram and youtube and tiktok all that good stuff at simply am i on the air uh hey it's been a big week for the podcast we have this episode here we got the new episode of am i on the air that just dropped a couple days ago uh check that out it's called the uh forever war and we break down four big movies talking about the tomorrow war the forever purge boss baby 2 and uh fear street 1994 which is now streaming on netflix so four big movie reviews there's also another brand new episode of am i on the air quick bites this week as well too breaking down the big deal that just happened between universal and peacock where they're going to be streaming a lot of universal films like fast and furious on peacock right after the theatrical window so check that out three big episodes from the am i on the air family this week so go to your favorite platform look it up and subscribe and follow along so my name is don mega that's friggins thank you for listening here tonight for this f9 spoiler review and until next time y'all peace Red Dragon!